call me doctor? Why should I call you doctor? I'm the surgeon. Come on, I'll take a look at your leg. Are you a doctor? That's what they all think here. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny... And joining me, as always, is my good pal, Simon. A gentleman. Unfortunately, Al is not able to join us for this podcast, but hopefully he'll be back with us very soon. Today we're discussing Season 5, Episode 8, Dear Sigmund. It's the 105th episode overall, directed by Alan Alda, also written by Alan Alda. Originally aired on November 9th, 1976, and the production code is U810. All right, just to make it interesting, anybody can open with a pair of tens, but only if you're wearing civilian boxer shorts. Oh, don't be ridiculous. You can't set a rule like that. No, it's dealer's choice, Major. Well, you accept the civilian panty girdle. Tens and boxer shorts. That is the most absurd rule I've ever heard. Can anybody open? I'll open for 25 cents. <laughs> I told you! I told you only a buck and a half! <laughs> I'm out. I blew everything last night on Rados cockroach races. He had the winner, but it come in riderless. Riderless? The fly fell off. I'm in. BJ? I'm in. Father, you want to sit in the game? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, my. Not the most extraordinary dream. I was a cardinal in Rome, and the Pope had a bad cold. <laughs> <laughs> what do you suppose that means, Sidney? You're the skull jockey. Well, Freud said every dream is a wish. One time, my uncle dreamt he was dancing with a whale, and when he woke up, our cow had eaten his pants. You want to bet, or do you want Sidney to tell you what that means? Well, geez, I'm sorry. I didn't know it meant anything. <laughs> you want a loan, Sidney? No, I think I'll write a letter. I've been putting it off for some time. You all right? No. Yeah. How do I look? Cheerful. I'm worried. <laughs> and uh, the plot summary for this episode, uh, Sidney Freeman is feeling depressed. So he visits the 4077th to observe how they fare under the pressures of war. He begins a letter to Sigmund Freud as a form of self-therapy and releases his tensions in the form of a practical joke with BJ aimed at Frank Burns. Dear Sigmund, I've been feeling somewhat frustrated lately and so I came to a kind of spa. The waters are pretty good here. And the inmates have an interesting defence against carnage. Insanity in the service of health. One of them is particularly good at it, name of Hawkeye. A couple of weeks ago, he made rounds in post-op with a personality that had split two for one. Kling is an interesting case, Sigmund. He's found more ways to go crazy than you ever dreamt of. I guess what draws me to these people is that faced with aggression in its most brutal form, they've regressed to a state of antic, if not lunatic, pleasure. And for our guest stars, we, of course, have Alan Arbus, who returns as the wonderful Sidney Freeman. And Charles Frank plays Captain Hathaway. Now, this is Charles' first of two appearances in MASH. He's most well known for acting in Young Maverick, Filthy Rich, and Love Boat. We have Bart Baverman. He plays Private Habib. Uh, apart from having a very cool name, Bart has an impressive 100 credits 
on his IMDb page and has appeared in Castle, Dexter, Auto Man. I loved Auto Man. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> and Trapper John, MD, just to name but a few. And Sal Viscuso plays Patient John. Still acting today, Val has appeared in over 88 credits. He popped up in Spaceballs, Sledgehammer, and more recently, Castle. And we have J. Andrew Kenny. Oh, I like that last name. He played <laughs> Patient. It's all very well having a name like something out of a comic book, but it clearly has not helped Jay's career. His last acting credit was 1978 in BJ and the Bear. Oh, yeah. And Jennifer Davies Westmore plays Nurse. Not very creative on the uh, character names on this episode. (laughs) uh, Jennifer also appeared in Trapper John MD playing a nurse. Shocking. All right, and of course we have rounding out the guest cast is the adorable Kelly Nakahara, who plays Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. Is there a phone here? I don't want my wife to worry when I don't show up at home tonight. You go home every night from the war? No, only weekends. Got a little place in Tokyo. Yeah, I tell you, for me, the war's been something that lasts about 30 minutes a day. Then it's back to the base and dinner at the officer's club. Well, listen, it's only a war. I mean, why kill yourself? <laughs> oh my gosh, will you look at those boots? What a mess. What have you been walking in? Red clay? No, blood. That must be kind of rough on you guys, isn't it? Well, I tell you, if I couldn't fly, I wouldn't touch this war. You fly much? I was shot out of a cannon once by the irate husband of a bearded lady. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. 20,000 feet, the sky's brilliant blue. You fly for a while in that stillness, you take a reading, press a button, drop your load. You mean you've never seen the people you've been bombing? Never. I'm a really lucky guy. Flying so high with your head in the sky. <laughs> All right, I think uh, we should start talking about the episode. You want to start us off, Meds? Yeah, I can. Yeah, um, I've got a few notes on here. Um, scratchy opening titles, again. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be the bane of my life. I, it's I, your nemesis. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't understand. <laughs> um, for some reason, I put love those white mugs. I seem to have an obsession with the, the white mugs in, in MASH. Uh, I, absolutely, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, ha- uh, Hawkeye doing his classic Groucho marks. Good evening, ladies and germs. I'm sorry I'm late, but my watch stopped. It had to. It's been running fast all week. <laughs> Is this the first time you've been pregnant? How long have you had that throbbing in your wrist? Nice! Nice! Did you call me, doctor? Why should I call you, doctor? I'm the surgeon. Give him his medication. Somebody's 15 minutes late. Well, your feet seem to be coming along just fine. It's my head, doc. Oh, yes, for a minute there, you had athlete scalp. Come on, give us a little smile. Yes. He's brilliant. You can tell Alan Alders wrote this episode. Uh, yeah. Clearly, a lot of Hawkeye, his character is, is a bit of a homage to Grosjo Marx. Uh, he must be a, he must have, be a huge fan of the, the Marx Brothers. Um, yes, Alan Alder is really, truly a huge fan. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Klinger being still crazy. Potter's rant, which was uh, about the dead driver when the ambulance crashes. Who the hell did this? O'Donnell? Was O'Donnell driving? That clutch, he isn't making any points. We're getting him there fast. He's got to get him there in one piece. Tell O'Donnell I want to see him in my office, and this time he can shake his can. You got that? He's dead, sir. And uh, Potter comes around and, and, you know, Ray Darters says, he's dead, sir. And the look of just 
there's no reaction from from Potter on it. It, it. Whether it's kind of like something that happens all the time, or it's, it, I, but I really like that. I like that oh, kind see, of. I liked, yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually took that as a reaction, the no yeah. reaction. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that, yeah. I that was just amazing. That whole scene. Mm. And uh, basically, I've, I've, at the end of the, I've just got um, Sydney. Always a class act. Love this episode. I think the the whole thing as well with the the practical jokes that uh, it, it it must be wonderful if you've never seen this episode before and you're kind of wondering who is the practical joker. Yeah, um, because this is something that goes on later on and later on and later on, and it's wonderful the way that it's Mike Farrell, you know, the way it's it's BJ. Yeah, um, because yeah. even though it's kind of like we, BJ is now setting the cast. There's still a lot more that we don't know about him, and I think that's what's wonderful about um, the later series of MASH, where you, you get to know more about BJ, you get to know more about his family, his personal feelings, but also the fact that he becomes this this kind of like closet practical joker, and now we know that he does that. Later on in, in the series, uh, any kind of upheaval that goes on, you automatically look at him. Yeah. Um, Sydney again, uh, you know, I know that Alan Arbus, sadly, obviously recently passed away, but He's not really classed as, a, as a, a main cast member, but as like a regular cast member. I class him as a main cast member because he fits so seamlessly into the role and into the team that he is like he's always there. And like his character, he clearly enjoys it. But no, I, I love this episode. I think it's a brilliant episode. Yeah, I wrote in big letters, love this episode. I'm with you. I gave it, I gave it eight and a half out of ten. Ooh, high praise uh, from you. High praise. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it just... I just uh, maybe it was Sydney. I just love Sydney's stories. He always seems to bring this great uh, camaraderie. He, maybe it's his perspective that we're looking at. Yeah, the Mash crew and people. Um, I love the, all the, like the little sub stories going on. You know, um, Potter with the black eye with the practical <laughs> joke. Oh my god, I busted up laughing. That was hilarious. Um, the practical joke on you know the clinger being all over dramatic and. Sir, there's been a terrible accident. What happened? He got hit with a chopper blade, sir. Wait a minute. If Klinger got hit by a chopper blade, he'd look like a malted milk. Well, it was slowing down, sir. Look what it did to his helmet. How come it's got tire tracks on it? How's that? Ever since he came to, he only speaks in Arabic, sir. Gee, what a strange thing. Smah! Smah! What did he say? He said, Smah! Smah! Thank you. Yes, you did. It's not going to work, Klinger. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Looks like a relapse. Oh. His eyes have gone back in his head, sir. He looks like that every day, right after breakfast. He's shaking. Private Habib, Radar found me a can of smoked herring for breakfast, and right now I'm deliriously happy cleaning my horse's toenails. Don't spoil it. Sir, I'm really scared. Klinger, wake up. He's ranting, sir. He wants his father's cheese from the windowsill. You can have a piece of my herring, but you're not going home. Well, thank you very much. I like that little story. <laughs> um... I have something here that says, plot story, never sees victim, little girl. Oh. I'm trying to remember what that was. See, I watched these last week. 
Yeah, yeah, I watched them uh, a couple of weeks I ago. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember I wrote down Crazy Houlihan because she is nuts in the You see, I've actually, I've actually got the same, same words. I've got good to see Margaret playing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about the, um, the peanut flow? Uh, we're in the canteen, and I think it's uh, BJ flicks the pin up in the air, and a Hawkeye just opens his mouth and he lands straight in. I don't know how many takes that took, <laughs> but it was, whether it was a fluke or not, but it, is, it was brilliant. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and it's still, Frank bothers me this episode, and Al's not here to defend him, so I get to rag on him all I want. <laughs> um, it's just his holier than thou attitude towards his wife. When he oh, said yeah. he's going to kill her before he divorces her. Before he divorces her, yeah. Frank, maybe she's just trying to find out who she is. Doesn't mean she's leaving you. You bet she isn't, bub. I happen to believe in the sanctity of marriage. No matter how ugly or disgusting it gets. I'll kill her before I divorce her. I'm not suggesting either. Oh, no. Of course you're not. <laughs> I should have known better than to tell something personal to a psychiatrist. I was like, oh my god, hello, your mistress is sleeping in the next tent over. You know. Ooh, I, I know what that... Um... That uh, that comment is at your vote. Is it to oh, do what with was the, it? Is it to do with the fighter pilot suddenly realizing? About, <gasps> yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yep. I like that. I, I really enjoyed that storyline. It was nice to see because this is a man who all he does is does his job. He goes up, he drops bombs, and doesn't really think of what he's doing. Yeah. Doesn't realize that these bombs are actually hitting and killing hundreds of people. You gotta go back in. She started bleeding again. I guess I didn't get all the holes the first time. Hey, she's just a little kid. Eight years old. I got a granddaughter back home who's about eight. What happened to her? Somebody dropped a bomb in her village from an airplane. Who did it? He just dropped it. He didn't autograph it. No, I mean, was it one of theirs or one of ours? What difference does that make? A lot. It makes a lot of difference. Not to her. You brought me in there on purpose, didn't you? Yep. You're a real SOB, you know that? Look, you seem like a decent guy. Too decent to think that this can be anything like a clean war. From up there, it is. Was. God, she's just a little baby. feet is a long way to come down even though they are enemies they're still human beings yeah there's still a lot of innocence as well that's the, yeah, oh, the a lot of innocence the yes. danger of uh, of uh, bombing uh, i mean it was you know devastating during world war Two. we know yeah you know and and even more so now and uh, i think again as we've mentioned before there's a lot of there's a lot of comments to do with vietnam in mash um and obviously you oh, had yeah. you know orange crush and the Vietnam bombings going on, you know, where and there's a famous image of the, the little kid with his clothes yeah. burnt off. I think that's one of those those points that's brought into this, where you know, we, we the devastation of such of, of any kind of warfare is yeah. fairly obvious, and when when you don't see it, and I think also the trauma for for the people who are fighting that I know that um, a lot of bomber squadrons came back traumatized with the realization of what they'd done when they saw the devastation. Of course, all yeah. just you know, but yeah. yeah. So one, one thing I loved about, and th- th- you brought up a good point, is this episode's so heavy 
Yeah. But it's also hilarious. And how much is in it? I mean, there's there's so much in these 25 yeah, minutes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have like a full page of notes. I mean, I was, I loved, I loved this episode. It was, I mean, this is probably one. And I didn't, what's crazy is I don't remember watching this episode. I know I watched it. I have to have mm-hmm. seen it before. But I don't think it hit me as much. And now that we're analyzing them, yeah. I'm getting deeper into them. And I feel like I've, I watched this episode for the first time. Well, that, that's what's, so that's what's good about the podcast, though, isn't it? Where the fact that we, we watch them, we make notes of them, and then sometimes, obviously, we don't get to record until a couple of weeks later. But yeah. I think hopefully this is also what the listener gets as well, where we're talking about. And we're almost getting our memories jigging back into line about yeah. what we've seen. And then hopefully the listener, if they've seen the episodes before, they'll be going, oh, man, I remember that. I want to go watch it. And if you haven't yeah. watched Match before, hopefully this gives you the taster to go and you to know, go go see watch it. it. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, this... The, the the balance that they have, this episode is perfect for that, with the I'd, comedy and the drama. Yeah, I'd say this is this is uh, Alder's best episode to date. Of, of, oh, I'd, of I'm pretty it. sure I agree with you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I have a few more notes here. Uh, yeah. I love the scene between Radar and Potter when he's reading what Radar wrote to the, the driver's parents. Did you write a little note for me to his folks? Yes, sir, it's right here. I never know what to say. Of all the lousy duties I've had to perform in this service, that's always been the lousiest. Uh, you can change it if you want, sir. I'm not sure all the words are exactly right or anything. Dear Mr. and Mrs. O'Donnell, it is with real deep sadness that I must tell you of the death of your son. You can be very, very proud of Jerry. He never took a human life, and he died while he was trying to save the lives of five other fellows. He was rushing them to the evac which is short for evacuation hospital in Seoul, when his ambulance overturned. He was a real good boy, Mr. and Mrs. O'Donnell, and I know he loved you both very much. He spoke of you often to my company clerk, Corporal Walter O'Reilly. We were proud of him at MASH, and we'll miss Jerry very, very much. Thank you, Rita. Don't change a word. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so good. Again, they tug at your heartstring. You know, you're laughing one minute, you're in shock the next moment, and now you're, you know, on the verge of tears because this letter is so moving and so great. And, and the also, fact that Radar wrote it. Yeah, and it also you know. adds that kind of thing where we, we, we always perceive Radar, include, up to, up to the, the episode he leaves as well, as being fairly childlike. Yes. Yet, yet this is an example of how unchildlike and how professional Radar is. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I love those kind of little nods where every now and again he's, he's just the, the farm boy. And yes. then suddenly, you know, he's been there longer than anyone. Um, yeah. And, and, and that shows. Yeah. Yeah, love that scene. That was fantastic. And then you mentioned it earlier. BJ has a practical, practical Joker. I thought it was fantastic. I love the reveal of it. Yeah. I love you know I just the, the last joke with uh, with Frank going into the water, to the pit. <laughs> That's just hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I loved everything about this episode. I don't think I had a single complaint. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Yeah. I can't understand why you call this place the swamp. We were thinking of calling it the latrine, but that name was taken. That's a private letter. And why'd you leave it under your pillow? Can I have that, please? I won't erase anything nice I said about you guys. Uh, Sydney, you're a psychiatrist. Don't you think uh, writing a letter to Sigmund Freud is a little crazy? Who better than he would understand? Well, now that makes sense. Uh-huh. We couldn't help but notice that you came for the poker game and stayed for two weeks. All right, just want a little vacation. Sydney, beer it is a vacation. The Swiss Alps is a vacation. This is a fungus convention in Atlantic City. There's something special about this place. 
You give life here. I'm running a little low on that right now. Would you like to talk about it? Well, winter's the busy season for shrinks here. The days get shorter, the nights get colder. I was getting 15 cases a week. Total crack-ups. Can I have some of that? Business was too good. It was losing people. Sidney, we all lose patience. Actually, the straw that broke my back was this one kid who heard voices telling him to kill himself. I spent a lot of time with him. One day, he was very calm, relaxed. Sometimes that's a signal they made a decision. Only somehow, I missed it. And that night, after I went to sleep, that sweet, innocent, troubled kid listened to the voices. After that, I started sleeping late. I wasn't doing my work. Well, well, well. So the doctor can't cure himself, huh? Oh, God, I thought that lump under his blankets was dirty laundry. It is. You can listen to their bleeding heart gobbledygook all you want, but I say, if you want to keep your feet on the ground, you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Frank, why don't you pull yourself up by your own jockstrap? That makes me know never mind. I got all my cookies. All right, it's time for some behind the scenes. I think I have the first one here. Uh, there are many shows where a character writes to an offstage friend or a relative, but this is the only one of two shows where a character actually wrote to a real, well, though deceased, person, Dr. <laughs> Sigmund Freud. Uh, patient John in this episode is played by Sal Vescuzzo, who's also the PA announcer in many episodes. Hmm. That's very cool. This is one of two of Alan Alden's personal favorite episodes that he wrote, and yeah. I can see why. Yeah, rightly so, rightly so. <laughs> uh, this is the first of two guest appearances by Charles Frank, here as the injured pilot, Captain Hathaway. He would next be seen in Season 6's episode, What's Up, Doc, as Major Winchester's would-be kidnapper, Lieutenant Markinson. Hmm. Hmm. I can't wait for Winchester. Oh, so same here. <laughs> <laughs> this episode received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Film Editing in a Comedy Series. Yeah. Uh, William Jurgensen received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Cinematography in a Series. Hmm. Uh, and of course, Alan Alda won an Emmy for Outstanding Directing in a Comedy Series and received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series. So we're not alone. This was a pretty amazing episode all around. Yeah, good good directing as well. well yeah. yeah. Uh, this episode marks the first time that Margaret joins Hawkeye, BJ, Klinger, Vader, Potter and Mulcahy for poker. This can be seen as a further sign of the softening of Margaret's character. I love that. Yeah. I love that whole opening scene with them. Anytime they're playing poker, it's amazing. It's always funny. <laughs> and our last one, this is the first of eight appearances by Jennifer Davis as various nurses. She also appeared in non-speaking roles in other episodes. Her last appearance was in the finale. Margaret's an interesting woman. On the outside, all discipline and strength. And on the inside, six kinds of passion looking for an exit. Major, word has gotten around that you're feeling kind of low. Hard to keep a secret here in Macy's Window East, isn't it? Well, everyone kind of keeps an eye on everybody else here. You're not thinking of doing anything foolish. Oh, no. I mainly have this dull ache behind my nose and a feeling of listlessness. Sort of a severe geritol deficiency. You ever get like that? <laughs> no, never. I wouldn't permit it. How do you manage that? I just don't let it get to me. 
The wounded don't get to you? The cold, the food, the rats? Major, I have three nurses down with dysentery. I have a shortage of sulfur, surgical gowns, and rubber gloves. And I got a call from my fiancé in Tokyo this morning, who celebrated his birthday last night without me. He must miss you very much. No, he said they had a very good time. I see. Am I upset? Am I distressed? <laughs> no! One has to be strong, Major. In strength is serenity. Well, I take my hat off to you, Margaret. Just a minute, Major. What is that thing doing over there? I'm sorry, what thing? You let a woman sit down and have a drink with you with that thing there? You mean the athletic supporter? Major, you're a nurse. It's disgusting. Will you put something over it? Like a fig leaf? How dare you parade that thing in front of me? Major, it isn't even mine. It belongs to one of those repulsive, drunken, lecherous, evil cretins. They live like pigs. They have the morals of baboons. Will you please put your hat on it? Certainly. Thank you. My uniform is proud to serve. I'm sorry you got upset. I'm not upset. Well, a little agitated. Not at all. It would be useless. I wouldn't permit it. Right. And you can do it if I can. I don't feel a thing. Some people won't accept pain. They just refuse delivery. All right, you can find MASH 4077 all over the internet. You can find us at Facebook, www.facebook.com slash MASH 4077 podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at MASH 4077 podcast. And you can follow me at Hawkeye Meds. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. And remember, you can follow us on iTunes, direct download, or of course, from Stitcher Radio. Just search for MASH 4077 podcast. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. I think we both love this episode. Absolutely. Yeah, what did you give it between 1 to 10? 9. 9, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, 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 I, I could definitely. watch this again and again and again. Yep, yep, me too. It's definitely on my radar now as one of my favorites. It's on your Gary Berghoff. <laughs> it's on my what? <laughs> it's on your Gary Berghoff. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. You leaving, Sydney? Right so. Hate to be cured and run. You feel better? Yeah, I think I do a little. It's like spring at MASH. If you can't find it and you can't feel it, you just go ahead and make it. Somewhere in here, I'm coaxing a little bud to grow. Meanwhile, I'm going back to work. See you at the game next week? Yes, I'll be here with $20 in my pants and three aces up my sleeve. Show a little imagination. Don't make them all spades. a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. 
The hosts will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Hey there, MASH fans, this is Meds. Now, as you know, both myself, Al and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and mine is called Waffle on Podcast, and we talk about classic television programs and films from around the world. So if you think that's your cup of tea, or cup of coffee, whichever you like, then come over to iTunes and type in Waffle on Podcast, or, of course, you can go to our main site, which is at Podbean, so just type in waffleon.podbean.com. We would be honoured if you join us. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a, a Mickey, Mickey day. day. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives Works 3.0 United States License. All rights reserved. It's all very well. <laughs> it's all very well, Nay. Uh, 